0: Before we get into today's episode, we want to tell you about the Mina Kime Show featuring Lenny. This podcast will get you ready for the NFL draft, as Mina is joined by her friends each episode to talk about the latest NFL storylines. That's the Mina Kime Show featuring her dog, Lenny. Listen wherever you get your podcasts. The ESPN NHL podcast with Linda Cohn and Emily Kaplan. Hey guys, welcome back to another episode of In the Crease. This is Emily Kaplan. Unfortunately, Linda Cohn is not joining me today. She's feeling under the weather. We need her to rest that voice. She's sick. So Linda, get better. It's just me rambling. I'm coming to you guys from New York City. Uh, I had a wild game five last night from the New York Rangers. Really, though, I've been really having a wild week. I've had four games in four different cities. Um, Definitely a new personal record for me. It began Sunday in Boston, a Mother's Day game. Um, I was between the benches for the Bruins and Carolina Hurricanes. It was super fun. The big story there is that Charlie McAvoy was out. Um, I want to get back to that later because it's kind of an interesting story. Um, And the Bruins series was one where, like, you thought the Carolina Hurricanes were going to run away with it. They looked like such a faster team when they played at home. But the Bruins were a completely different team when they played at home. Um, So they tied it up and we went back. We'll get back to my schedule. I'm all over the place, guys. Uh, Monday then I flew to Pittsburgh. That was a game against the New York Rangers. The Pittsburgh Penguins were just dominant. Um, You know, the Rangers scored first and Pittsburgh was not rattled at all. Ended up scoring seven goals in that game. Um, A lot of them on Igor Shosturkin, who, let's face it, is going to win the ballot for the MVP. Um, I I felt like the team lacked heart. And again, something we're going to follow up on because they come back to New York later and they show a lot of heart. Um, But it was interesting that Gerard Gallant called them soft. Like as a player, that's probably the biggest insult you could hear, um, especially coming from your coach. I do feel like we've evolved in a lot of the way that we use language around players, but they know if you use the word soft, like that's not cool. Flew back to Raleigh. Uh, I love being in Raleigh. I've gotten to know all the security guards and the people there. Um, they're all so nice. It's a Southern hospitality. Uh, it's a great spot. And it's also been like a ladies' time because Abby Labar has become a good friend. She does the local Valley broadcast. Um, Shannon Hogan, who typically does the Islanders, is working series for TNT. We're the Alpha, though. We get most of the games. So Shannon's just there hanging. And then she gets game six. I'm so excited to watch her on the broadcast. We also have Sophia and... Gosh, I love Sophia so much, but I don't want to pronounce her last name because it's so hard and I'm going to just mess it up and insult her. But she works for Nessun and she just has a lovely way about her. You can tell the guys really respect her. So passionate about the game. So it's been really nice just to be around that strong female energy. I feel like Linda and I talk about this all the time, that like there's certain women who um, believe that there's only a certain amount of place for us on the top because we've been conditioned to feel that all of the time. And having, being able to spend time with these ladies, like we're all just so supportive of each other and we uplift each other. And that's just been really great to be around because there's room for all of us to shine. And we each have our own distinct way of covering the game. But the common thing about us is we're all passionate about it and we all work hard. And I feel like all I want to do is surround myself around people um, who have a really good work ethic. So I'm only talking about the stuff off the ice, on the ice, the Carolina hurricanes rocked. Um, they just looked so good at home again. They were flying out there. Um, Auntie Ranta still in net. I- Freddie Anderson, it's tough because you know when we've been talking to Rod in these pregame meetings, um, he said I don't really know because Freddie's going to need a couple practices before he can play. When do you get those practices in? When is he ready for those practices? I really don't think we're going to see him until at least you at this point should the Carolina Hurricanes advance. Um, a guy on that team that I've been so impressed with is Seth Jarvis. You know he scored two goals in that pivotal game against Boston, and this is a kid that showed up to training camp. And they didn't have a thought for him. They didn't think he'd be there. He's like 20 years old, Um, but he was so good. And Rod basically told us, you know, he's not AHL eligible. These are certain rules. So it's either do you send him back down to juniors where he's going to be miles away better than anyone else. And that's not going to be good for his development. Or do you put him on the NHL roster because he can contribute? So they put him on the NHL roster. It obviously worked out. Um, my favorite thing about Seth is that, you know, he was living in a hotel, as a lot of rookies do, and Sebastian Aho, was really morphed into a leadership role. I, I love watching him to continue to grow and develop, you know, off the ice as well as on the ice, um, invited Seth to live with him as a roommate. So in game one, I, I kind of put Seth on the spot. I was like, what was Sebastian like as a roommate and in and game an interview? And he said, no comment, and laughed, and it was pretty funny. So um, Seth was my first star interview after this game the other night. I'm sorry. I can't keep track of days. It's tough. Um, And so right beforehand, I was like, Hey, I'm going to ask you about Ajo again. Think of a good chirp. And he got a good one. He said, Ajo can't cook because they order out all the time. Um, But then after Raleigh fly back to New York city, Madison square garden, everyone is writing the Rangers off on dead as dead. We're all questioning. Oh my gosh. Igor Shesterkin is letting in all these goals. They're soft in front of him. They go down to nothing against the Pittsburgh penguins, you know, you think this is it. This is their season. It's one of the best seasons in New York Rangers history. Of course, you know, they have a lot of overtime wins and where they are in the rebuild, they never thought they'd be here, but you think they're going to beat the Pittsburgh Penguins in this round, especially considering the Penguins are on their third string goalie, especially because the Rangers had their Penguins number this year. And lo and behold, who comes through for the Rangers? It's the freaking kids. The kids have been unreal for this team. You know, I think Kreider hasn't done this best series and Benajad's been really quiet. But Hedl, Lafreniere, who's been so physical and dominant, like these were the guys that were the stars in this game. Um, And I really like talking to Philip Cheadle after the game. Hedl, sorry, I'm going to pronounce it right. Um, And as you guys know, it's kind of like my thing that I try to um, thank players in their native language. It's just like a little small thing that you can do. Um, So I had to ask him how to say it in Czech. Um, And I believe it is Dekuji. Um, we're we're going to need to practice that because if this kid's going to be a star in the league and got David Pasternak too, I better damn learn how to say thank you and check. I think it's Dekuji. Someone just commented on me afterwards. So that was my last week. It's been wild. These playoffs have been unreal. I just... You know, people were talking about, oh, the margins of victories and all these games. There's been a lot of blowouts, but no, I love it. Every night, I feel like I don't really know what's going to happen. I feel like it's been the year of the surprise goaltender. Um, obviously, Louis Domingue is kind of the poster boy for that. A little side note on Domingue, by the way. This is a guy who had the toughest summer of his life. Do you remember? He was in Tampa Bay, had a really great year there. 11 straight wins, 22 wins overall. Andre Vasilevsky was injured. And then... The Tampa Bay is like, look, we don't really have space for him. We need to give starts to Vasilevsky. They trade him. They trade him again. He's all bumping around all these different leagues, and it seems like a career backup. He always had faith in himself that he could be an NHL goalie. No other team really showed him that path. So this summer, he was, quote, a whisker away from signing in Russia's KHL. A verbal agreement fell through. He didn't know what he was going to do. The Penguins called him late in, like, August, September, weeks before training camp. That's when he finalizes the deal there. And they outlined a path to him. Ron still believed in him and said, look, you're a number three, but if Casey DeSmith and Tristan Jari are two and one respectively get hurt, you're my guy. I'm not making any waiver pickups. I'm not going to make any trades. I believe in you. And that's why Louis Domingue did it. It's also been a really challenging season for him because his wife and kids stayed back home in Quebec. Um, and that's hard, just living away from your family. I mean, they didn't want to go to Scranton. I understand that there's probably some uncertainty there, but that couldn't have been easy. So for him to thrust into that game revealed to me that he ate the damn spicy pork and broccoli, which has now become a cottage industry in himself, itself, but it was just such a good interview because he was just so authentic, not the best, uh, which was just such a funny, um, natural moment. Um, and he's, you know, he's carried the penguins to this point. Um, he's been okay. He's been solid. I'd say he's better than okay. He's been solid, um, when called upon, but I do think we'll see Tristan Jari soon. He's practicing. He had a long session the other day. Um, I keep seeing him at the rink, walking around looking pretty chipper. So we'll see what happens there again, though, the surprise goaltender, we've got all these guys making under a million dollars. Um, but the other big storyline, I I believe is goaltender interference. You know, I wrote a big story about officiating because officiating always seems to be the topic everyone wants to talk about come playoff time. And the officiating, honestly, sure, maybe some people can point out some inconsistencies night to night. They're definitely not putting the whistles away. I'll tell you that. There's a lot of power plays. Goaltender interference is what's giving everyone up in arms. And, you know, we have these pregame coaches meetings where um, it's off the record. You know, we can really get their thoughts. And that really helps us on the broadcast. And I can't tell you how many coaches on different teams in different situations have brought up We need to fix this system. It's not okay. And the biggest issue they have is that the onus is on the coaching staff because they have to make the challenge. And that challenge can be the difference between winning a game, winning a series, your entire career. And in a situation like offsides, it's black and white when the coaches make that challenge. So, okay, you're going to put it down because I know I'm right and we're not going to lose this power play and we're going to go on. The goaltender interference, you're putting them in the challenge for something that's subjective because inherently it's such a subjective call. And Mike Sullivan, for example, I'm not using him as, you know, the guy that's chirping about this the most, but he definitely is having some behind the scenes conversations as is Rod Brandon Moore, as is a lot of these coaches. Um, Why is his opinion different than the people in Toronto in the situation room? And why is he being penalized for that? Um, So I really do think that over the summer, the big topic amongst the GMs, amongst the competition committee will be goaltender interference. It reminds me so much of when I covered the NHL, uh, the NFL, Jeez, guys, it's, I need some sleep, and uh, catch or no catch was a thing, and it just, you know, it gets everyone all up in arms. Okay, I've just rambled. I miss Linda. I miss the riffing and the rapping. Um, what I am doing now is staying in New York for a day. They basically told me I could fly home, um, but I'm on call for game seven, and at the point now, guys, like I am not in the mood to take a gratuitous plane trip, uh, an extra plane trip just because, and just to sit at home for a couple hours. I'm in New York City. I'm going to spend the day in New York, spend two days in New York and find out if and when there is a game seven and where I can go. My biggest issue right now is laundry, but I miss living in New York so much because wash and fold. Everyone, if you don't know about it, find out about it. Ask your mother, tell her to stop doing your laundry go to wash and fold. You basically bring a big. Hold bag of laundry and you dump it at the laundromat and you come back and they give it to you nice and pressed and it's not that expensive and I used to live next to a wash and fold when I lived in New York it was the biggest thing I missed when I moved to Chicago um, so that's my day okay I rambled enough thank you guys for listening what a fun playoffs it's been it's going to continue to be a wild ride. Um, I appreciate everyone who's had their support. I love and miss Linda and I know she'll be back soon, but she's gotta rest that voice because let's not be honest. It's an iconic voice. We need Linda Cohn's voice to be where it's at. Um, make sure you tune in. I don't know where I'll be next, but if you turn on your TV, maybe i will be there.